Hey everyone, welcome back to A Call to Lead. We've been live now for about five months since releasing our first episode with Ariana Huffington in January, and it's been an incredible adventure. I want to thank you all for your support and for listening. We've had 20 guests, we've been on multiple continents, and we've had amazing conversations with CEOs, authors, entrepreneurs, journalists, actresses, political leaders. And this week we're doing something a little different, exploring the sports world and introducing you to someone from a very cool profession, windsurfing. I first met Sarah Hauser in Hawaii in February, and she's a world-class windsurfer. She's a two-time international windsurfing tour champion, but she's got a really unique background in computer science and math, and her journey to getting where she is today is pretty spectacular. I never thought I would be able to draw analogies and take learnings from windsurfing to my everyday life and business, but it was amazing some of the insights that she shared with me. I think you're gonna really enjoy her story and her experiences on how we approach our day-to-day lives and how her lessons can be our lessons. I'd love to hear your thoughts or any feedback on the podcast, so please keep it coming. Make sure to rate, review, and spread the word. Really appreciate your support. We've had great guests, and I look forward to the next set of guests we have in the coming weeks. Enjoy. You're listening to A Call to Lead, a different kind of leadership podcast brought to you by SAP, the world's largest provider of enterprise application software. SAP engineers solutions to help companies become best-run businesses by transforming industries, growing economies, lifting up societies, and sustaining our environment because it's the best-run businesses that make the world run better. And now your host, Jennifer Morgan. I am here today with Sarah Hauser. The words New Caledonia, windsurfing, France, computer science, Maui, and fearless, and uh, world champion all come to mind. So that we're going to break it down today because not everybody would put all those words together and understand exactly what that means, but that's your story. It is, yes. Uh, put together like this, it's really funny to hear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you grew up. Tell us where New Caledonia is, and that's where you grew up. Yeah, New Caledonia is uh, east of the coast of Australia, but it's a French island. A lot of people would think it's Australian being so close, but no, it's actually French. And uh, yeah, just in between Australia and Fiji in the South Pacific, it's a beautiful place. It sounds amazing. And and so you grew up there and has your family grown up there for multiple generations? No, they were actually from France and moved over there because my father has had a deep, still has a deep passion for sailing, for the ocean, for diving. And so um, when uh, he and my mother finished studying medicine, they moved to New Caledonia and and, uh, thought they would stay for one year and (laughs) stayed forever. And yeah, then me and my two brothers were born there and had uh, the chance to grow up in such a beautiful island. That's, I didn't realize that. That's amazing. So you you started windsurfing when you were a teenager, mm-hmm. but then and 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 you love that. But then you kind of followed a little bit. The next few years, you followed a rather traditional path. Yes. So windsurfing for me, it was first a hobby, and then I got to experience it in in the waves, because you have those different discipline in the sport of windsurfing, and riding waves is one of them. And I didn't try that until. Uh, the age of 15, because in New Caledonia, we don't see the waves from the shore. They actually break a mile away from 
oh sorry, 18 miles away from the shore. 18. Mm -hmm. 18 miles. So to to surf away, you have to get on a boat ride for about 45 minutes, just go straight out to the ocean. And when you're in the middle of nowhere, there the reef creates those waves, perfect, beautiful waves. And so um, my parents were ocean people, but they were not surfers. And I just got lucky enough that a friend told me, you should come and try this. And when I rode my first wave with the my windsurfing equipment, I something switched in my brain. Really? Yes. I would have just been scared to do the, the boat the boat ride out to the A-team. I would have been done by that point. And then once you get out there, that's when you start to see these huge waves. Yeah, 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 yeah. It didn't scare you? It's it's like an adventure, you know? It's, uh, it's totally a thrill. And uh, what I love the most about it is that I was there for my first day. I caught my first wave and I felt like best sensation ever. I didn't even need to to be the best in the world. Just riding this wave, feeling the, the wave breaking right behind me, seeing the reef sharp coral under the water and having to make it without falling and that whole like danger zone. But at the same time, getting one of the best sensation, the smooth ride is is just, oh my God. I, just I can see your, your <laughs> eyes are just lighting up explaining it. So some people have windsurfed, you know, maybe tried it on vacation. I have to admit, I've never um, done that. The most I've done is paddle boarding. But um, I want to ask you, is it's a, it's a pretty physical sport, isn't it? It is. You got to have strength. You do, you do. But you not as much as people think. It's funny because every time people see me walking to interviews, they're like, oh, you're so small. How you can are, you you're very petite. <laughs> yeah. Well, so t t talk about that because uh, I just have this vision that you have to have such strength. And uh, to that, I'd say it's actually a finesse sport. You, you have to play with the forces of the elements you're playing with, you know, the, the wind, the current, the, the waves. So all of that can be against you and you can try and force yourself, force your equipment to make it through. Or you can use it if you understand how the wind, how to place your sail. You're actually, I can windsurf without holding my sail. Really? Yeah. If, uh, so I'm going to come back to that because I think that's a powerful analogy in life. Sometimes we try to control everything mm -hmm. and just hold on so tight and move things the way we need it to move. But your point is go with it. Yeah. And you're, and you're able to actually do that. That's actually fascinating because I did not know that about the sport. Mm -hmm. So take me back a second. You actually got a computer science degree in France. Yes. So you fell in love with the sport. So then you go get a degree. What was your plan at that point? Well, I, I fell in love with the sport, but I, I was um, actually I was like, I'm going to make a career out of it right away when I when I when I got this sensation I was describing to you. And um, I didn't really have people around me encouraging that. And by myself, I didn't quite know how to make it happen. And I was the, a good student in school. And so um, for my parents, it, it sounded like a crazy idea to try to make this career in sport. I mean, it's uh, anybody that's trying to make a career in sport, in arts, you, you got to be one in millions and just be so special. And it feels just crazy. And I was just good in math, good in physics. And, and it sounded way safer to just put a lot of work into that and, and have a job and windsurf on the weekends and stuff. And so I, I couldn't make it happen by myself at the time. So I did go to school and I gave it 
110%. And um, I, ha I remember I had on my wall those posters of windsurfing champions right next to the schools that I was aiming for, you know, <laughs> like the two different goals because yeah. I was still thinking... You're conflicted. Mm -hmm. I was I, I was I was quite not quite sure how I was going to reconcile the two, but when I I got the degree and it was so much so much work to to get to those schools that that are some of the best schools in France and and after that I was in job interviews and some every something felt wrong really? and I was like I, I think this is still real in my head this dream and and I had spent five years doing math and physics and computer science. I was completely out of shape. I hadn't windsurfed. So you I hadn't was, really been windsurfed because you were living in France. So yeah. there's not tons of windsurfing. Yeah, around. I was studying in Grenoble in the mountains and uh, I didn't have a car, so I couldn't even drive to a lake or, or something to, to windsurf. So it was completely out of the picture in my life, but in my head, it was still there. Like it was yesterday that I caught these magic waves, you know? And so, so I... I Actually, I was very confused at that time, and I was trying to switch paths in careers and um, thought, oh, I could maybe become a math teacher, have more time to enjoy my sport on the side, and if I was an engineer, and like, this is what I'm going to do. And I realized when I went to uh, register for the, the year you need to, to practice to get the degree, I missed the deadline, and and it was just so not like me to to confuse the dates. And you feel like that was subconscious? Maybe, you know, maybe <laughs> some style, some fate was guiding me right. there. But it, it's just funny how things were not like planned for me. Like, okay, I'm going to study and then I will go into winter thing. No, not at all. I was just like in the whole confusion. But there was one thing that was consistent was my passion for, for the sport. And so when I made this mistake, suddenly... I, I had a year to figure out what I was going to do until trying to reapply again for this mathematics teacher degree. So When you made that mistake, so you missed a deadline to mm -hmm. apply for what would have been a job mm -hmm. uh, in the traditional field. Did you feel a sense of relief? Were you upset? What was? I'm curious what your reaction was. Did that all of a sudden open your mind up to the possibility you could go do this? Yeah, it's like it's it's like I went from seeing life as those rails for your train to drive on and you have to kind of pick one path or the other and suddenly they all exploded and there was no track and it was just an open open ocean almost yeah. to to pick my my line and my path and so I just felt a sense of freedom and all right, I guess I can I can try anything. I can let's go to Hawaii and let's see what happens. <laughs> so that mistake leads you to Hawaii. So you you, you buy a one way ticket to, to Maui. Yeah, and to do what you were you were like I'm going for my dream. Is that what was in your head at that time? Well, not quite exactly a one way ticket. I bought a trip a ticket to go there for six weeks. Okay, with visas and all that. You know, I was just like let's let's go check it out. Okay, and there was a competition happening at the time. And I was just crazy enough to enter the competition, even though I had no sponsor. I had one sale. All the other um, women competing were professionals. I had all their sponsors and equipment and, and preparation and training. And I was just showing up, you know, and uh, out of shape, computer science for the past five years. And, and uh, somehow did good enough to, to get the attention of a sale brand that started sponsoring me and... 
next thing you know, I was looking for a ball sponsor and then I came home and, and found more sponsors and I was on my way to to, to make this happen. I actually remember uh, flying back home and you have to fill out those cards with your your occupation and I wrote professional windsurfer and the guy at the at the desk was looking at me like is that a job and, and I was like yes it's mine <laughs> I love it I love it so and then that mistake of not getting your application in on time not only led to your amazing career and all the success you've had but another big moment meeting your your husband along the way mm -hmm. yeah that's also like something I can't believe but I, I make this decision to go to Hawaii to follow this dream. And not even a few days after I land in Hawaii, I meet this guy on the parking lot at the beach. And he's my husband now. <laughs> <laughs> it all worked out pretty well. Yeah. So I'm curious. I, I want to, because now you've had a lot of success. And, um, but I, I bet you look back and kind of reflect on how it all happened. And, you know, maybe there's certain things that you probably look back on and say, okay, maybe I plan for that. And there's certain things you say, wow, like, it's a good thing I didn't think too much about this or analyze that too much because it, it never would have led me to the amazing life that, mm -hmm. that you're living right now. And a lot of people who listen to this podcast are doing exactly what you described earlier. You're going down the tracks and, and the path that you think you have to take. And I think... People tend to plan out every decision that they make. They in their mind, they're planning out. Okay, where do the tracks lead as a result of that decision? And in doing so, they are now so constricted in in what they think is possible. What was it, or what advice do you have to people who? And, and look, it's hard not to think that way. You know, for people who you have to work, you have to pay your bills. Many people have families. And so a lot of people don't have the benefit of maybe being at a time in their life where they're younger, when they can make those decisions more freely. What advice do you have? Because I'm sure a lot of people ask you, wow, you followed your dream. I'd love to do this, or I'd love to do that. What do you tell them when you're asked that question? Well, it's, um, it's totally true like that I had the advantage of being young. And, uh, and so there was not going to be too much that made in a way things didn't go wrong, didn't go right. But um, I would say it's it's a little bit like riding a wave. You know, you you're the wave is gonna last a certain time, and you're gonna do different turns on this wave. There's gonna be different part of the wave, different section. And obviously, you want the um, the whole ride to be satisfying to you, to be what you're dreaming of, to get that dream line on this wave. But you you don't know what's coming on the third or fourth section of the wave. You're, you're only seeing how it's shaping. And then you, you got to stay, I think, true to yourself. You got to find the right balance between having your style, having your passion, having what you have to express when you're writing those sections, but also looking at what's thrown at you and use it, not try to impose. And like with the wind also, you know, you 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 use whatever is is happening at that moment to, to learn something. So even when I was in computer science school and I was not seeing myself as an engineer at all, I was very confused, I still committed to those steps 100%. And I I am very glad I did because today, in in a way, it's it's a huge part of, of my story and of 
of the reason why I'm so passionate about what I do because I couldn't do it quite the way I wanted to. So my advice would be to really um, not think too much down the line and um, really be present and aware and and try to to gain lessons from what's happening in the moments and and there's something that will remain consistent during the whole ride like it was for me even if there was confusion around different jobs different ideas of how to execute but at the end of the day there was something that remained consistent and that I never betrayed and in the fact that I was passionate about the sport and that I wanted to make sure that it has an important place in my life so I love that's great advice. That's a great way to look at it. And I love how you use the wave as, as an analogy because it's true, <laughs> right? You have to, you, if you fight it too much, you're going to fall in and sink, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the, the ocean is a good analogy, I think, because you cannot get mad at the ocean. You cannot just be like, why me? Why is it happening to me that I don't understand what's coming next? And it's, it's not personal. <laughs> it's just how it is. It's just the way it is. And the, the more you're able to shift your perspective and accept this, but not only accept, but see this challenge as an opportunity to find in you, to use what's good in you, to use the powers that you have, the different qualities that you have and express them to draw this line in life, to draw this path, the, the more the whole experience is fun because... It's challenging for everybody. Everybody doesn't know and everybody's going to have confusion. And the way you go about that confusion, the way you ride this wave of life is uh, has to be fulfilling. It has to, you have to shift that perspective to this is not attacking me. This is me riding these challenges and, and making the best out of the ride. So beautifully said. Uh, that really, that really is so beautifully said. And I think it's relevant to everybody in their life and and looking and being able to maybe look at it and experience it a little bit different to see new things and experience new things so i want to come back to um to windsurfing so you're two-time international windsurfing tour champion and three-time windsurfer of the year you talk a little bit about you know with this sport um you talk about you use this term performance gap between men and women in terms of the physicality of the sport, the training of the sport, the sponsorship of the sport. Talk a little bit about in sports in general, you know, there's some sports where you see um, both men and women kind of equally, it's promoted in a way that, you know, and you see some sports really coming, becoming more mainstream that we watch on TV that have, you know, women, um, very women focused. But then there's others where you see, you see gaps. So what do you observe in, um, in this in this area i think the 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 smaller the industry the bigger the gaps um i i i, I try i can explain the gap just so our listeners understand that the performance gap yeah um well it's um it's a fact that women don't um in most sports don't perform don't i would say don't run as fast mm -hmm. or maybe don't move as So physical quickly. gap, yeah, like physical a physical gap. performance gap. Mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, it's just physiological. We're just shaped differently. But but what you if you look at a sport like tennis, for example, um, the the gap has been shrinking and shrinking and shrinking because the um, I think the athletes have great support and they're able to really um, 
find their optimal performance to reach their full potential. And um, and so you see athletes like Serena Williams that are able to hit the ball at an incredible speed. And it's uh, if you look back a few years ago, I'm sure that the, there was a much bigger gap. And so in windsurfing, we women tend to, the majority of women who are competing on, on tour still have side jobs to be able to afford um, their lives and so uh, when you do have to work it's harder you don't have you have less time to train you know and so then you create this sort of um, vicious circle so because there is less support there is a performance gap and because of the performance gap there is less support and it just keeps happening and so um, you can go back to um, back in history to wonder why is there less interest uh, in sport on the women's side, why, why less women would in the first place go into windsurfing and um, because there is less representation right now you know, for a girl to look at a windsurfing video and see only guys doing it together, it's very hard to feel like she she would see herself doing this. But that's, uh, that's why I'm very proud of, of the work that I and my other uh, female athlete friend do because we, we kind of opened the... Uh, the, the perspective a little bigger and show these girls that uh, yeah you too you can do that yeah, I'm doing it and it's uh, it's a slow process but little by little I think it's impactful and uh, and uh, it's not that I want everybody to windsurf but I do not I never want a young girl to think she cannot do something because she only see boys doing yes it. and so by kind of bringing that a little bit more visible that will hopefully increase the awareness the sponsorships which allow the athletes to be able to put their full time and attention to training, mm -hmm. to becoming stronger, to closing that performance gap in totally. sports. Yes. I love it. So what's next for you? So uh, next for me is uh, the competition season starting in June in Oregon. And uh, I uh, also will um, go to uh, compete in Peru. And that's a very special event for me because I have a, a project, a uh, uh, humanitarian project there called Women in Water, where we bring water filters to um, this village that doesn't have clean water on tap. And uh, we also make a point to include the women in the implementation of the solution and to empower the young girls uh, of this community. So we take them uh, surf um, to surf lessons and uh, it's uh, it's very incredible to see the effect that just uh, surfing has on these young girls and uh, how empowered uh, it makes them feel it really uh, opens their their mind to to dreaming bigger even if they don't necessarily pursue surfing afterwards so uh, that's what I'm really excited about for the year and more in the long Long run, um, something I, I want to keep pursuing is uh, riding big wave because that's um, that's something that not a lot of women do in the sport of windsurfing. You have a lot of male athletes who've made career around chasing the biggest waves on the planet. And I would love to prove that we as women can do it too. So I started in my backyard now in Maui. We have this uh, place uh, called Jaws where we get 50 foot waves and uh, it's a whole preparation, a whole mental, physical and um, logistic also uh, preparation. You have to, to put a lot of work into it, but, but when it comes to fruition, the, it's, 
the most incredible sensation of my life, riding those giant waves. And, uh, and um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful challenge, I think. So. Well, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. So we're going to keep watching you ride those big waves. But I think the lesson to many who will listen to this podcast is ride your own wave. It's going to take you great places. Enjoy it along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, be present. See the challenge as an opportunity yes. to express yourself. And uh, yeah. I love it. You're an inspiration. Sarah, Thank thanks you. for being with us today. Thank you for having me and uh, letting me share and talk about windsurfing. Really appreciate it. Hey team, this is Jennifer Morgan. You've been listening to A Call to Lead. I hope you have really liked this podcast, but I wanna hear from you because leadership is always about getting better. So if you guys can give me your ratings, your reviews, and tell me what you like and how we can make it better for you and more useful, we'll make sure we do it. Who do you wanna hear from? Tell us. And I hope to see you next time on A Call to Lead.